0: Hello! Welcome to Center St. Sister. This is a space where spirited, hurting, searching, faithful people come together and ask hard questions and listen to some really wise people share about how they have lived life deeply. If this episode spoke to you, I hope that you leave a review and subscribe. You can visit YouTube slash Allison Sullivan for some really fun extras. I hope you hear something today that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center St. Sister. Cattle ranchers in Australia with thousands and thousands of acres of land, they could never dream of fencing in all that land in order to keep their herd. It would just be impossible. So instead, what they do is they dig really, really great watering holes that they know that the cattle will return to again and again and again. My third child, my second son, Blaze, he has proved to be difficult. And we see this more and more as his personality develops. But by difficult, I really just mean wildly independent and really adventurous. We blame ourselves. We named him Blaze. When he was a toddler, he rode his big wheel down the stairs. And what was funny about it was that as our friends responded with the appropriate shock and awe, what I really wanted to know was how in the world he got his big wheel in the house and up the stairs at 20 months old. I mean, of course, he wrote it down the stairs, but how in the world did he get it up there? At about that time, we had built a fence around our house to keep the little booger centralized. And it occurred to me that we probably only had about a year before he taught himself to scale it. The idea. The idea is that walls or firm boundaries, they will keep someone reined in, right? Except when they don't. Because the truth is that it doesn't work. People, especially if those people are named Blaze, they're going to always jump walls. They're going to always climb fences. So how in the world am I ever going to rein Blaze in? How in the world am I going to keep Blaze from ruining his life? I can't. Blaze is going to climb that wall, but you know what I can do. is I can dig a few inviting and welcoming wells that run deep with God's love for him. So that when he does climb that fence, he will always know where to return to when he's needy for things that are good and pure and life-giving. Blaze is going to get older, God help us. And Blaze is going to assert his independence, God help us. And he is going to take charge of his own life and swear that he knows better ways. And when he does, he's going to need mercy. It's critical, really. An open and loving relationship with Blaze. It's the well that will draw him home. It is beauty that will draw him home. I believe that this is what Jesus is trying to teach us because Jesus lived among us and he took us places that captured our emotions and made us question our entire lives and why we live it. Jesus wooed people to God with self sacrifice. It was self sacrifice that made very naughty people want to be good. He dug deep, deep wells that people found beautiful, and they were irresistibly drawn to him. Respect, compassion towards others and loving them selflessly, involving ourselves in their lives and listening to them. I can show my kids in these ways the beauty of relationship. Our well, it's about relationship. And I am learning so much about what healthy relationship looks like while trying to desperately shape these young people. Nothing feels more important to me. As my kids have gotten older, I've realized that I need more help than I used to to do this well. One of my very favorite voices is Chaz Lewis. I'm new on my journey, and I sat at his feet in this interview. Have a listen. Friends, you might not know this, but I wrote a book. It's a spiritual memoir of sorts and puts a modern day spin on old parables that are still so applicable to our everyday lives. Judgment, forgiveness, evangelizing, heartbreak, joy. I'd love for you to grab a copy. Head on over to Amazon and look for Rock, Paper, Scissors by Allison Sullivan. Good morning, Mr. Chaz. I'm so excited you're here.
1: <laughs> excited to be here.
0: Oh, uh, Welcome to Center St. Sister. Uh, you are new to me. And your expertise would have come in really, really – it's coming in handy now, but it would have come in like really heavy, heavy handy uh, about a decade ago as I was um, – just trying to train little people to be good humans. And now I'm, I'm starting to get into these tween, teen years, and I am still able to use so much of your expertise to help me communicate well. Um, I can't wait to dive into all of it. Before we get started and before we dive in, do you mind introducing yourself in um, a professional way, and then I'd like for you to introduce yourself in a heart way by telling us who and what you love. But can we start really quick with professional?
1: Yes. Um, so I am a content creator. I am a uh, educational specialist. I'm a teacher. I'm a, a parent coach, a speaker, uh previous Montessori teacher, um, worn many hats, uh, mm-hmm. who I am and what I love. I uh, am Mr. Chaz, and I really love to just help adults mm-hmm. really see and understand children so that mm-hmm. we can better guide children more mm-hmm. effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this way, it, we have to really kind of see ourselves more too and yeah. understand ourselves more yes. um, so that we're more able to really connect with these uh, little people. And not even just little people. A lot of what I talk about is just, yeah. I mean, it's not really just for young children. It's just for people in general. Yes. Um, but my focus is on how do we make this applicable for a young child, for a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, five-year-old, six, seven, and really kind of focus from birth to 12.
0: So yeah, right
1: yeah. on the cusp of that. <laughs> I don't really talk about teen that much.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, well, I I couldn't be more appreciative of your approach. I um, am curious your take on what people have latched onto so strongly. Why have you? Why do you think you have become the internet sensation that you have?
1: Um, you know, I think what it is, and uh, from what I hear from people reaching out and sharing is that I take a lot of the brain science stuff and I make it real applicable and understandable Uh Uh and for an adult and without judgment um, and try to do a lot as much as possible without triggering feelings of judgment or shame and really, empathize with everyone in the situation because we're all trying our best, right? That child is trying their best, but you as an adult, as a parent, or as a teacher, you're trying your best too. And we're all here on this journey together, uh, trying to learn and grow and just be successful in life.
0: Mm. I'm a little bit sad that you said it first because I wanted to weigh in on, I mean, I'm still going to. But I wanted to tell you what I think makes you so easy to follow, Mr. Chaz. And it is that you're you're, there's I don't know that there's much that we hold more dear, you know, than our parenting or helping to raise up another generation, whether it's in the classroom or in our homes. I, I think we recognize the importance. And so we hold it. Um, closely, but sometimes we can also hold it tightly and you are showing us new ways. But Mr. Chaz, you're doing it with so much love and with so much gentleness and you're not coming at us from this morally superior place. Mm -hmm. You are not shaking your finger. It's like you have knowledge, And I think that it's a really easy trap to fall into that I have this knowledge and now it makes me haughty. Like now I'm upset with you that, or not upset, but um, I'm looking down on you that you haven't arrived to this similar place as me. And I heard you do this very specifically on on a podcast. You were so kind, but um, someone that you were talking with was saying, you know, I I can't believe that um, this school is still doing this practice. And you said, but you know what? That's First of all, not unusual. There's a lot of people still doing this. And I guess what you were pointing out so kindly is that it wasn't um, some willful ignorance or some act of defiance of, no, I'm going to do this way. It's that they haven't learned what we've learned yet. And we can handle that with care and compassion and bring people along in a loving way. And that is what people are going, oh, thank you. You know, I don't feel... um, Shamed or argued into this new way of thinking. It's, it's a marvel. You do such a good job.
1: Yeah, and you know there is intention behind it because what happens is when we start to feel, um, you know, judged or shamed, and we kind of start to get in our emotional state, we get defensive. And Mm -hmm. so we're not going to be open to new information. We're not going to be open to hearing what someone of a different opinion has to say. We feel, you know, judge or shame because we feel attacked. And now it becomes this thing where it's me versus you, as opposed to me and you versus the problem. And, you know, that is true for us as adults. It's true for us as adults and it's, you know, true for children too. And children get, you know, a lot of times what happens is they, because of, you know, their brain is in the very beginning stages of developing, they get triggered really easily and have a hard time self-regulating or calming themselves down. And so they get triggered. And then there's this thing called emotional contagion that is that means that we have a tendency to catch each other's emotions. So they get triggered really easily. And then we get triggered by their triggeredness. And so it becomes we're both in kind of this emotional state and it becomes this battle of wills, this battle of me versus you. Um, and none of us is open to learning and hearing what the other person has right. to say as opposed to me and you versus the problem and yes. and trying to eliminate or at least reduce the the judgment that a child may feel when they do something that, you know, doesn't meet our expectations or that we wouldn't approve of. Um, Because again, they are trying their best with the skills, knowledge, and resources they have access to in that moment. So how can we help them, you know, how can we help people uh, uh, be in a better state to receive information? Uh, Judgment is one of the quickest ways to Shut that off. And we see it all right. the time. Yeah. On so- it, all you gotta do is, is go on social media to see kind of this me versus you happening all the time.
0: Yeah. And um, how ineffective it is. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> it's 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 it never happens where you see someone come in with a really strong judgy opinion. And then someone else who has a difference of opinion say, you know what? I never thought about it that way. I'm going to actually yeah. I'm going to change. What happens is people double down Absolutely. on their yeah. uh on their opinion and now it becomes me versus you and it's a fight and at the end of it no one feels good. We wasted a bunch of time and 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 actually Facebook's done some research on that that mm. um you know if you do come in with the judgy and the opinion and attacking, it's not going to change someone's opinion or it's not going to help someone learn or have a conversation. Yeah. It's that's not going to be effective. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook knows that, but they will c- continue that oh, sure. support that because it's engagement, yeah. it's the looks yeah. and stuff, yeah. but yeah. all while knowing that it's ineffective.
0: Yeah. Everybody wants to get their popcorn and check out the comment section. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a good time. Right. Um, no, well, I, I think I wonder if one of the things that that helps you do this is just a natural gift of optimism about other people. You know, just assuming that this is, this is a, a good person that it, like you said, you know, starting off that is trying their best and just doesn't you know, have the knowledge yet? And there's something about approaching things with curiosity instead of certainty that allows us to make room for other ideas. But I'm only going to feel curious if I feel like you like me first. And I I feel so um, welcome in your presence as your as you're teaching. You know,
1: so, so I, I I would definitely say that it's um, as much as I wish it was a natural gift. Um, it's definitely something that I've had to learn and improve on over time. And I've definitely gotten to this place now where I'm at. And I think there's still opportunities to improve, um, you know, facilitating these conversations and, Mm -hmm. and inspiring others to, you know, to step into curiosity, um, instead of judgment. Um, but it's definitely something that I've had to be intentional about and work for. And there's been times yeah. where I've gotten in, especially when I was younger, I've gotten into, you know, internet fights and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and, yeah, sure. You know, um, especially I'm kind of, you know, I grew up, you know, I grew up with social media. So like, nah. I wasn't always as aware and as conscious as I am yeah. right now, but it's something that you, you know, I, you know, I, I hope me saying that is, inspires you that isn't something that you feel that you have a natural gift to that Mm -hmm. to know that it's something that we can improve on and what stops us a lot of the times is our own emotions It's, it's again it's that emotional contagious we get triggered and instead of instead of taking a moment to like pause and self-regulate and get yeah. to the higher parts of our brain, we, right. attack. Yes. You know, yes. we go on defense and you like, yeah. well, how could you say that? Or you have that opinion. And now I feel judged and shamed because that's not my opinion. So you believe that. So what are you trying to say that I'm not a good person too? Well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Actually, you're the bad person. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> I've, I've been there before um, and I have, learn that there are more effective ways to have a conversation Um, and to also say, hey, I see that a little differently, Um, but I'm also willing to hear you um, and hear what you have to say and know that you're not a bad person, that you're just coming from a perspective. And one last thing I want to say on this is that especially when it comes to like, everyone is coming from their own stuff right, their own different cultures, their own different ways of being, their own experiences. And, and even outside of just the way that we've all differently been raised and conditioned, even outside of that, in that moment, someone could type something because they had a hard day that day, it had nothing to do with you, but they were having a hard day or having a hard moment, or they were hungry or something as simple as that. It's just they were in a state and they typed something and then by the time that you type something back, like you read it, you get triggered, and you see it like an hour later. Yeah. Uh, and and by the so you type something, oh, I'm triggered. I'm typing something. And they receive it like two hours later. They're yeah. regulated and they don't even have that like perspective. Like, yeah. oh, like, I was, oh, I said that. But then because of the way that you respond it, now they're triggered again too. And it becomes yeah. this thing. If we just take a moment to pause, to self regulate and, Really, just step into curiosity and just know and trust that mm-hmm. everyone's doing their best. Yeah, um, I think we'd have much better conversations, yeah. not just for strangers on the internet, but also for our children mm-hmm. and even our teens.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I thank you so much for admitting or telling us that it, that it is it is something that's fought for because I think so often one of my very favorite writers, she was on the show a couple of weeks ago, but she's. Uh, pretty well known for hospitality. And she was here to talk about how it's hard for her. And so here she is, you know, considered an expert in hospitality and very much considers herself an introvert and would rather be on her couch with a book. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I appreciate that so much because now it feels really attainable for me instead of just dismissing you like, oh, you were born that way and are going to die that way and, you know, get to live that way. Now it's something that I can fight for too. So thank you for that. Um, can, if we could go back to you, uh, you mapped out a a little power struggle between, um, you know, our kids being so easily triggered and then we're triggered by their triggering. And then, and now we're in this battle of wills. Why as adults is the onus on us? Can you, can you tell us a little bit about why this is our responsibility to step in with some good leadership?
1: Uh, that's a great question. And it it's it's because we're the ones with the fully developed brains yeah. and we have more of a capacity for things like self-regulation. Mm-hmm. And right now, in in what is difficult for us as adults is that when we were younger, we had adults who conditioned us with whatever they conditioned us with. And a lot of times it's whatever they were conditioned with. And it just got passed down and passed down and passed down. A lot of times unconsciously, like this is the way I was raised. So this is the way that I'm going to do it. Whether it was something that was some of those things and I talk about generational cycles. And people and you know some like what's the, you know what do you mean by generational cycles? And I just say they're just patterns of behavior. And sometimes there are healthy patterns of behavior and sometimes they're unhealthy patterns of behavior. And mm-hmm. What I encourage adults to do is to be conscious of, you know, what those patterns are so we can be intentional about the patterns that we're passing down and give them more of the healthy patterns of behavior rather than the unhealthy patterns or the harmful patterns of behavior. Um, And so the onus is on us because we're the ones with the fully developed brains, but it's also difficult for us because we still got all that stuff that is Mm -hmm. not just a, it's not just a different way of thinking. Yes. Perspective mindset shift is important in this process, but it's also, it's not just, you just get a piece of a new piece of information and okay, now I can apply it all the times. You know, the, the way that you were raised is conditioned in your body. It's, it's a part of you. It's conditioned in your body. It's those reactions. It yeah. becomes your default. Um, because yeah. that is that's what happens when you're young and you're you're being, you know, raised by adults and your yeah. you know your community. And so they're going to be just like we have all this stuff with us, and you might have to fight against some of that stuff, some of those unhealthy patterns of behavior to um, to, to, to share and in, and and part and model healthier patterns of behavior for your children. Yeah. And what that does is that they have a little bit of a leg up when they become an adult. It's because they have more... Skills like self-regulation and learning how to be empathetic and learning how to be, you know, assertive instead of aggressive or passive, learning to see people with positive intent and know that everyone's trying their best. And so when they become an adult, they already have these skills more built into their body so that they're able to pass it on to their children and their children's children. And you don't have to, you don't have to, uh, uh, Unravel every unhealthy pattern of behavior yeah, yeah. In, in one go. You know, I think about it like it's the you know the metaphor that I give. It's like iPhones, right? It's like you know, and if you're if you are on really on this journey, and you are uh, you know listening to the podcast so that you can learn and grow, reading books and practicing. That's that's huge. That's a huge step in innovation that we're able to. Regardless of your, you know, even economic background, there is it, it, this information of kind of self-growth and, and in, in, the, in the realm of parenting is more accessible than it's ever been before. And so, this mm-hmm. is like, this huge leap in technology that we're yeah. able to use more resources. Yeah, right, right. That that you can have whether or not and there's not a huge paywall behind this podcast yeah, right now that you're listening right, to is free right. right and people go out especially post-pandemic people have gone out and gotten degrees and worked at it, yeah. done all this work and now are trying to share it yeah. in a way that is you know accessible for everyone and so you're on this journey and you're learning and you know you might be like the first iphone right in your in your family right and you may have been raised by a family of you know of of you know, you may have been raised by a BlackBerry or or the flip phone or a pager or the rotary phone, right? Everyone has their own, grew up, had their own. And so first pat yourself on the back for yes. even going on this journey. Celebrate. Yeah. Woohoo. Great. You know, like really celebrate that. Celebrate that progress. And in this course, there are going to be some, there are going to be a lot of software updates, right? Where... You know, the hardware hasn't changed. You're still you and your body, but you're going to get new features. You're going to learn new skills. You're going to learn new tools. You're going to get better and better and better. But inevitably, you're not going to be perfect. Perfect doesn't exist. That They're going to uh, your children are going to take what you all the updates that you've been able to do in your lifetime, and they're going to be able to build off of that. And they're going to be like the second iPhone and they're going to and their children are going to be able to build off of, you know, what they learn in their lifetime. So you're not just raising your children, you're raising your children's children. And it's building and building and building and building until eventually we're at the iPhone 22 or Google Glass (laughs) or whatever, you know, piece of technologies in the future. But it's not, you don't have to break all the cycles in one go. You do as best as you can and take it as far as you can in your lifetime. And you pass the torch on and your children build off of it and so on and so on.
0: Hallelujah. You're a beautiful human. I I even just so friends, can we just acknowledge the answer to that question? So I ask, why is the onus on us as adults? Mr. Chaz says, "Well, because our brains are different, but here's how I recognize why it's so hard." So here's here's your responsibility, but I understand this is difficult. It's just such a kind approach. Thank you so much. And I love the idea of perfection. It's not attainable. Um, we're just gonna get better and better. And by the way, like looking back, I can, my mom broke so many mm-hmm. chains. She broke so many cycles, and um, and I wonder how um, how effective or or what do you what are your thoughts on this? And by the way, I'm totally off script. Like I'm not even looking at any of these things that I had <laughs> for you, but I knew this was gonna happen. Um, what? How effective is that apology? After the fact of, hey, guys, I did this thing. It's my bad habit to do. And and here's some of my background of why that's knee jerk. I'm sorry that that's my knee jerk. I am responsible to get above that triggering or that primitive or, or that first response. And I didn't do that in this instance. Here's how I wish this situation would have gone down. Does that kind of apology, does that kind of um, awareness and acknowledgement, does it undo what happened? What are your thoughts on, on?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that it un, it, it undoes it what i will say is that it is it does you can repair the things some of the things that we do are harmful there is an opportunity to to repair we all do things that are harmful at some point in time right we all make mistakes we all oops oops is you know, uh, is an acronym that we use. I practice conscious discipline. And um, the acronym for oops is our opportunity to problem solve, right? So we all oops, we all make mistakes. Um, And what I will say is that there is so much power in making mistakes and repairing and teaching how to repair rather than saying, you know, just dismissing it and just saying, I did my I, I did my best to just deal with it like you don't blame me and kind of uh, 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 pushing away the accountability and the responsibility that you still had to yeah. to 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 manage your emotions and to uh, respond as opposed to respond in a helpful way, as opposed to react in a harmful way, because we all yeah. have that responsibility in our capacity uh, as adults. We have way more of a capacity to do it than what a child does because, again, their brain is still developing. But again, especially yeah. if you had a lot of trauma, it will make it more difficult. What yeah. that repair does, when I think the the, the the most powerful thing about like those apologies and that repairing is that it shows children, shows the people that you're, you're, you're raising, you're trying to teach, how to make mistakes because we're all going to make mistakes we're all going to mess up we're all going to do something harmful and so instead of pretending like we didn't make a mistake like i like i'm perfect i never do anything wrong and trying to set that as the expectation for the for the child making it more difficult for them to accept their mistakes and learn from their mistakes right Instead, show them how to make mistakes, show them how to take account- accountability, show them how to apologize and to learn from it and to problem right. solve from it, right? Because right. after that, that moment, and I think one of the most important things about apologies, one of the most powerful thing about apologies is that at the kind of end of that, we want to come up with like, okay, I'm going to try to do something different next time. I'm going to make a commitment to do something different next time. And it might be something where we're trying to collaborate together where it's like, where it's like, okay, like, what do you think that we can do next time? Um, you know, so that we can get out the door by eight o'clock so that we can get to bed so that we can, you know, uh, eat our food in the time that we need to eat our food so that, you know, it, and it may just be like, next time I'm going to commit to taking a deep breath and finding a different way. Right. And so there may be opportunities to collaborate and like, okay, let's work together on this. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes it's just, you know, things like, okay, I'm next time. This is what I'm going to do. Um, because I said I was going to do it last time, but I, I got caught up and, um, I'm going to try again next time. Um, And That's just so much power than one, never making any mistakes at all. And two, um, more powerful than what a lot of, I think our parents did or just kind of uh, (laughs) not apologize at all or do kind of like those like half now, I don't even know if I'd call them maybe a quarter apology, <laughs> like after they did something, and then like you want something to eat. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And that was kind of their way of saying, like, okay, like let's move on, uh, but yeah. without actually acknowledging what happened happen mm-hmm. in the problem solving for next time.
0: Mm-hmm. Gosh, thank you. Um, so I-, I still know so many adults that see apologies as weakness. You know, and so like, I mean, even just with Daniel Tiger, like my kids are watching Daniel Tiger when they were watching Daniel Tiger and it's like saying I'm sorry is the first step, but then how can I help? And I'm like can I, I know so many grown folks that need to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Like my goodness. Um, okay. So Mr. Chaz, so often we judge the quality of our parenting by how well our kids are behaved. It's like, we know that parenting is this thing that we take really seriously. We want to do it well. And so we will often ask ourselves, are we good parents? And then that measuring stick is this perfect behavior. Um, what's a better tool to measure how well we're doing than perfection and behavior?
1: Oh, wow. Or why why is that a
0: bad tool? What's a better one?
1: Yeah, there's so, I mean, I I, want to answer both. Um, I'm going to start with why that's not a helpful um, measure Mm -hmm. of, of parenting. And then I'm going to talk about what is a better way to see it and then a better way to measure it. So, what is why that can be potentially harmful if our measuring stick is how much our children comply and obey? Yeah, uh, is because when that's the measuring tool, uh, we can do lots of harmful things to justify getting that to get to justify getting Ooh. them to obey and to comply, right? Wow, um, and it, it it you know we can we can hit them we can force them into isolation we can um you know we could and we could honestly abuse them and because a lot of children who are abused are very compliant right and that's because it's rooted in fear and safety and that's right. I think we would you know regardless of how you will define abuse uh, you can abuse a child and get them to comply. Yeah, it's it's actually a very effective way to get mm-hmm. a child to obey and comply, yeah, um, and so that's not really a good measuring tool, and that is a trap that a lot of us can fall into and yeah and good. and what makes that so partly so difficult is that not even just our own mental models of that but also the judgment that we feel from other people when a child is not obeying because that is the often the societal expectation that children that it still have been passed on children are meant to be seen not heard mm-hmm. kind of thing right yeah. and um that's been this societal expectation and so yeah. that's still there and we still feel that judgment and so that can be really difficult to yeah overcome and all the feelings that come along with that yeah yeah um, what can be more helpful way to think about things or way to approach things if it's like instead of thinking this child isn't complying to me with me or complying for me or obeying me that means I need to need more force and control um and to make them feel bad instead of thinking that way Instead, we can think: If this child is having a hard time, maybe there's more information that I yeah. uh, c- need can acquire to help this child, to help this child move through this transition, to help this child um, uh, get their toy, uh, get their toy back, or ask for a turn without violence without hitting without hurting
0: yeah so building a skill versus eradicating a, I, I love that reframe of there there's something to build here instead of something to take down you know right. which yeah i mean and you still you still end up doing taking down the thing it's just without any damage
1: <laughs> right and so what ends up happening is um and this is true for us as adults too but you know for children focusing on children right now once we, once we get those skills, once we once we learn new skills, and a lot of times before we we're able to teach the skill, we we need to gain yeah. some new skills ourselves. Yeah, we don't need those harmful skills, and so we'll just use the more helpful skills and because we want to stay in connection because as humans we want to stay in connection with each other that is just a human need because we want to stay in connection with each other we will choose those more helpful yeah skills as opposed to those more harmful skills like hitting a child like so right. like you know for example like and that's why i talk so much more about like these are skills that you can use as as, as a parent because a lot of times the parents who their children it's not because they're bad people it's because they don't know what else to do and they don't have to have the you know skill set that they were raised with and yeah. mental models that they were raised with yeah and they don't know what else to do you know and you hear them a lot of times you know i i'll do it as a last resort and that's yeah. communicating i don't really know what else to do here but if we if, you know they had the other skills right and they felt confident in those skills, they would use those skills and they wouldn't have to use their last resort, which is hitting. Right. And then yeah, a, a bigger tool bag. Right. Eventually, then there's there's no reason to, you know, hit the child because you have all these other tools that you can pull out your toolbox to yeah. use.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. That's now a better cool.
1: way to measure it, it's a better way to measure your parenting is to see it. Are there are they using these skills? Are they able to, when they're in conflict, are they able to yeah. communicate? Yes. Uh, um, You know, are they able to set boundaries? And so I talk a lot about like uh, using an assertive voice, right? And a lot of times, even us as adults, we will be either really passive um, or we'll, or this is what happens actually a lot of times. Sometimes we'll be really passive. We'll be really passive, like, oh, like, uh, please, honey, please not do that. Please not do that. Please, please don't do that. Please don't touch your sister. I said, Don't touch your sister. And <laughs> we get some, we go from really positive to really, to really aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. but there is a, there's definitely a healthier middle ground there. Um, mm-hmm. that we talk about assertiveness, which is really, really more effective communication. Um, and it's not the only skill to use, but how is, you know, a way to measure it is if someone pushes your child or takes a toy from your child or writes on a child's paper? Are they able to use those skills that you taught them? Are they able to right. say, I don't like it when you, uh, scribble on my paper, color on your own paper. Are they able to say that, right? Yeah. Are they able to, um, see other children with positive intent and say that like, oh, they were having a hard time. Are they able to, you know, do a little you know practice breathing and starting to learn the skills of self-regulation are they learning to, you know all this? so it's really the a better measure is what skills are they learning or are they able to apply um and know that it's a long game and that it takes time to build these skills because it's likely that you as an adult As a parent, you're probably building some of these skills too. And a really important part of teaching these skills is modeling it too. It's we can't say like, you know, uh, do as I say, not as I do. No, because they're learning from our example as well. Uh, That's not the only way that they're learning, but that's a huge way that they're learning and a really important thing. And so we have to learn those skills, uh, model those skills and be intentional about how we Teach those skills in teachable mm-hmm. moments. you using things like books, uh, using things like acting it out, um, yeah. and you know you definitely got to meet the child where they're at developmentally. Because obviously, a a a one year old won't be able to say, "I don't like it when you sure. push me." Um, you know, please. Pat me on the shoulder. But there are ways that you can start building that in from the time they're very young. You know, they can say one one word sentence, right? They can say, might start just saying, putting their hand up and saying, stop, right? Very beginning uh, stages of learning of how to set boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. And that evolves into, I don't like it. That evolves. I don't like it when you, that evolves. I don't like it when you do blank, please blank. And what we're doing is teaching them, and this is just one skill I'm talking about, what we do is teaching them to communicate, I'm not cool with that, treat me this way. This is the way that I would like to be treated. You teach
0: people how to treat you.
1: Exactly. And a lot of adults, again, have a hard time with that skill. Yeah. Um, But we can teach them from very young those skills.
0: And in your work, Mr. Chaz, you actually, I mean, I, I know you know this, this is just for people listening, but he, he, uh, Mr. Chaz actually goes one level uh, beneath the the stop hand to have an adult say, do you see their face? They don't like that. And so, I mean, it can really start, this boundary making can even start with infancy. Yeah. I um I think I've cried like 3 times already. Um so but again like parenting is just this thing you hold dear and you hope you're doing well and I've messed up plenty. And yeah. um I have just some some really embarrassing moments in my parenthood, but it is so encouraging to hear you say are they using these skills because I have been so delighted with who these little people keep turning out to be. Mm-hmm. They impress me on the daily with mm-hmm. their communication skills and i'm so i'm i'm really encouraged right now and so so thank you for that um so for so long mr chaz we have used you know we've talked a little bit about the force and control um as opposed to cooperation or or whatever but we've talked about force and fear um for a long time we were using a lot of reward and punishment and we're even moving on from that i think um and so i'm I'm wondering like why it is we're moving on. What exactly is this gentle parenting thing? Because I would imagine it's something a little deeper than just like not yelling all the time or not cussing or, or whatever. Um, but I do think that there is some confusion around the term gentle parenting. Can you tell us what that is? Because we're hearing it all the time now.
1: Yeah. And it, there's a lot of confusion around it because it's not really one exact thing. There is no gentle parenting uh, central like resource where this is gentle parenting, and that's what it is. Uh, it's really, it's really kind of more of a blanket term for moving away from uh, fear and shame uh yeah. based parenting yeah. and moving more towards connection and collaboration based yeah. parenting i personally like the term conscious parenting more because i feel it's more accurate okay. to what we're uh trying to do in terms of just being aware
0: yeah of I like what
1: that. of what we are yeah of how we're parenting i kind of talked about a little bit before just being aware of the patterns of behavior that we're yeah. uh, uh passing down to children well, what I will say on on that note is that there is something. If you're looking for a um, a, a a program that is a, a program or a philosophy that is very, I guess I would say centralized, that is one kind of holistic thing that's got very specific tools that you can use. And I've been kind of talking about it a little bit here, it's called Mm -hmm. Conscious Discipline. Okay. Um, And Conscious Discipline is something that is, that you can use in a household and or use in a classroom. They have lots of tools and lots of, uh, uh, they have lots of, they have lots of resources. They also have a lot of free resources, but they also have things that you can um, purchase, books that are aligned with it, that are teaching those skills. Um, they have these things called feeling buddies um, that I use, and it really the idea is you teach children to regulate their emotions. They they get to pick out their the emotion that they're feeling. They talk to mm-hmm. the emotion, and mm-hmm. so they're not just becoming the emotion, but they're able to kind of separate. Like I'm feeling this, as opposed to I am oh, this. Yeah. I am being this. Um, and so they are trying to be really intentional about how they. Uh, teach children um these skills. Yeah. Uh so if you're looking for something specific, conscious discipline is something that is specific. Um gentle parenting is kind of a blanket term for all those gotcha. Peaceful parenting, conscious parenting. Yeah. Um, um so I would say it's not something super specific.
0: Yeah. Uh, thank you.
1: There was a question in there kind of about rewards and punishments. Um, Yeah,
0: we're moving on. What are we moving on from and what are we moving on to? I would imagine it's this, you know, really heavy communication, collaboration, cooperation. Um, What was wrong with rewards and punishment? (laughs) Because <laughs> I would imagine, <laughs> Mr. Chaz, that you probably get some pushback. I don't know that that's true. I haven't yeah, like before. gone to your comment section, but I would imagine that people get pretty set in their ways and feel strongly that this is the way it's always been done, and this is what works, and this is where I'll stay. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, it also it always depends on a lot of things. Of like, the comment section is a very interesting place because <laughs> everyone and their own backgrounds in the states coming from their yeah. own perspective. Um, if you're looking to like to learn a lot more about this, there's more about this than what I'm going to be able to say in this short time that we have here. Yeah. I would um, very much recommend uh, reading the book uh, by Alfie Cohn, uh, Punished by Rewards. Um, and even in that title, you can kind of yeah, hear yep. a little bit of the reasoning because, you know, rewards become – punishments when you're not giving them they're expecting the reward you're giving you're giving rewards you're giving rewards and then like you're not going to get a reward yeah. because whatever that's really does become a punishment and you know i get like rewards can be very you know motivating and especially very short term um but there is a lot of research to suggest that they're not effective long term and that yeah. when we reward try to reward uh, uh, behaviors into children or punish behaviors into children that they um, only really effective when you're there, right? And mm-hmm. then the message becomes the reason to do, you know, the reason to not hit your sister, the reason to listen to me, the reason to be kind and helpful, caring human being is to get this reward mm-hmm. or to not be, or to not get punished.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: which kind of sets the not very helpful precedent because there are going to be times where, you know, they're not being watched or your rewards aren't going to be, they're not going to yeah. care about your rewards. Even right. you as in a teen, you know, having teens, you know, I think that's a lot of times where I, I think people start to see the breakdown. Yeah. Um, really is that like I was able to reward them with stickers and little things all the time. And now as teens, they don't really, they're not really motivated by your rewards or the rewards that they want are too big and are also still fleeting. They're still also very fleeting and as opposed to building within them um, uh, uh, the true reason to do things, the true reason to be helpful, the true consequence of your action. It really clouds what the actual consequence is. So So if I, if I, am not hitting uh uh my brother or my sister or whatever so i can get a reward
2: Mm -hmm.
1: or so i don't get punished yeah then what happens when that is no longer when i no longer care about the reward Mm -hmm. right you don't really have that Built-in motivation or that discipline that's instilled within them. So there's a phrase in conscious discipline that we say um, is that discipline isn't something that we do to children; it's something that we instill within them.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. Yeah.
1: And, and also when you when we even think about the reality, because a lot of times we're like, oh well, you know, in the real world there's like punishments; they need to know the consequences of their actions, and you know, that's gonna you know make them commit crime or whatever. In reality, and I did a video on this kind of breaking down the numbers. I don't have all the numbers, but in reality, most people aren't caught for their crimes, like for yeah. their their, their assault yeah. and uh, the, the, the sexual assault, those things, on average, most people aren't caught. Yeah. And so the reason you've been taught not to do those things Is because you don't want to get punished. That's not a really, in reality, you probably won't get caught. So, but the real reason to not do that is because that's a, that's a, that's a person with, you know, thoughts and feelings who deserves respect, just like you too, as a person. Yeah. Um, you. Everyone deserves respect and their consent matters, right? Yeah. And, and and staying in connection with people matters to me. So I'm going to do more things that are helpful as opposed to things that are harmful, not yeah. to get a reward, not to avoid a, a punishment, but because those have become my values.
0: Yeah. I have um, an inner discipline. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: That and is so, so, so helpful. And so that's, what so that's what rewards and punishments can often cloud and yeah. take it and take it on. And one last thing I want to say on this is that uh, sometimes you'll see, we do punishments a lot. The focus becomes all on the punishment. Oh, no, don't like, don't send me the timeout. Oh no, don't give me a spanking. Oh no, don't do not do this. Don't take this away. Don't take this away. And that yeah. becomes a whole focus as opposed to this person that you hurt or right. um, the, the actual harm that you cause or, you know, and or or the skill that now we can learn from it because now this person and this kind of goes full circle this person and we are in the habit of punishing and shame now we come over to figure out what happened and try to build skills they're immediately going to get into fear and shame mode and shut down and just be focused on i don't want the punishment i don't want the i don't want you know that's going to be the focus as opposed to how can we handle wow. the situation differently so that we can be successful next time. Yeah. You didn't, you know, you wanted your toy back and you don't know what, you didn't know what else to do. What can we do next time? That's where the focus should be on, on learning those skills.
0: That is so, so helpful. Consider me educated. That is really, really wonderful. Thank you so much. I My personality wasn't geared very um, uh, succinctly towards rewards and punishment. I found that I needed uh, it. It required a level of organization for me that I didn't naturally have. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I, I, I wasn't like a sticker mom or like a charty person or whatever. So, yeah. I, so I've always been better at communicating, but I've always. Um, felt a little shameful about it that I didn't have, you know, the organization required or the structure in order to have this, you know, a uh, really, you know, structured system of rewards and punishments. So, um, I But I, so I really see the value in what you're talking about over and and, and by the way, this wasn't like um, any kind of nobility on my part. It was you know more laziness. I mean I mean it's worked yeah. out. like <laughs> yeah. we're doing okay, but um, that is really, really helpful. Um, okay, so to just kind of start to, to wind down a little bit, I do I do believe. That we can talk in a way that our kids will listen and that we can listen in a way that our kids will talk. Mm -hmm. And you have so many um, examples of phrases that either shut down a kid or, you know, that make a kid completely quit responding. Um, And then you have a lot of helpful things, uh, alternatives. So I'm wondering if, just really quickly, in Mr. Chaz style, you could take us through an example of each. Kind of child, like in this situation, and this can, this can be quick, but like, what would you do with the angry child? And you can make up any situation you wanted, but, um, so the angry child, the shut down child, the defiant child, the whining child, you don't have to do all of those. Um, and I can help you remember, but like, but I would love to hear just your example. What would you do with an angry child in your classroom?
1: Mm, yes. So I got, I got lots of, okay. Okay. Keep against <laughs> the thing. Um sometimes anger, especially with rage, need to get out the body and they need to move physically. So sometimes mm-hmm. children need to move, need to kind of get it out through physical before we're able to really problem solve what the situation was and what kind of okay. triggered that ang- that that anger that anger. Um, uh-huh. and I actually have something in my classroom. Uh, I have a little active calming center where they can go and they can do that. They, they can push the, it's like something they can push the wall. They can stomp. There's this little thing that they can like flex and move. And there's some other things too that they can do, some repetitive Velcro things. Um, so that's oh, one cool. option. Wow. So that's, that's one thing that I have like in my classroom to help children who are, who do get angry and need that to kind of move physically. Um, another thing is, and this might be helpful for kind of a lot of what you just said is you want it next time. You want it acknowledging what they were trying to get. You want it. You were trying to, you were hoping. You wanted mm. that toy uh next mm. time um mm. ask for a turn. You want it yeah. uh my attention next time tap me on the shoulder. You want it, and so the you want it is really the seeing them part, yes, and, and, and really trying to see what they were trying to get, like this is the thing that you're trying to get.
0: Some validation,
1: yeah. Right. And that does that tends to open children up a lot more because yeah. like, oh, this person sees me, they understand, and sometimes we'll be wrong and they'll say no. I want it. Um uh man. Yeah. I wanna tell a story. I'm gonna to try to tell the the, the Oh no, that's version. okay.
0: That's okay. Yeah, tell it.
1: Please. I wanna I'm gonna tell the uh- short version. hopefully i don't leave out any important details um there are two children they were sitting there uh, playing with legos at a table and another child went over um and grabbed or, uh, grabbed the bucket of legos and pulled the bucket of legos the two children were like oh no you're not going to do that we're playing with these legos and they're yanking you back and forth and what and the uh, uh, child who approached them was about to go hit i intervened i brought the child to the side and i said you wanted to, to play with um uh, all the Legos. You wanted to play with all the Legos. Cause that's what I thought from my perspective, That they were just trying yeah, to get the whole bit of Legos. Like. He wanted himself, but he corrected me. He said, no, he said, I just wanted to play by myself. I'm like, Oh, you want to play by yourself. Next time, grab a handful of Legos and yeah. bring them to the table and build with them. When you yeah. want more Legos, get another handful and bring them back to the table. Yeah, And so then I was able to actually solve the problem because he was able to tell yeah. me like, oh no, this is what I actually wanted instead. Yeah. Um, a lot of times just see that moment of taking that time to really see the child can be really impactful or, um, um, them being open to the problem solving, the guidance that we want to give them. But uh, you've done
0: the-, the first step of allowing them to correct you because a kid probably, it's hard for a kid to start from nothing to say, Hey, this what you know, that that's probably a tall order to expect a little person to do that. But for you to even do it wrongly is at least a first step.
1: Yes, yes, yes. A hundred percent. And sometimes they'll be right. Sometimes we'll be wrong. Um, and yeah, allow them to correct mm-hmm. you, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and allow space for that so that, and, yeah. and, and when they correct you, don't let that trigger you, don't let your mental models of talking back, uh, oh, trigger oh. you to react yeah. because that will make it more likely for them to shut down in the future. And so, for yeah. a shutdown, a child who shut down, shutdown, breathing. Uh, A lot of times, children who are shut down, um, they need connection. Connection has these four components, and we talk about this in Conscious Discipline too. Um, Touch, eye contact, uh, playful situation, and Mm. presence. And Mm. so sometimes when a child is shut down, we can, you know, Try and you don't have to hit all these components and and you know every single time, but sometimes so so much. Sometimes a hug. And what I do probably like ten times a day is I will hold a child's hand and I'll look at them uh, and try to get some eye contact. And there's different kind of ways to get eye and try to get eye contact and breathe and. And we call that downloading calm. And when you breathe, they're going to be more mm. likely to breathe. But you got to breathe with first. Them. You got to model it first mm. and help them do it. And it's helpful to practice with breathing things ahead of time so that they have some skills they can try to access um, yeah. in, that, in that moment because yeah. they're in a state where it's hard to access those skills. Yeah. But we practice ahead of time. It's going to be uh, uh, easier for them to do when it's um, in times where they're emotional. Yeah. Um so those are some of the things Shut can down, you hit, child, angry. can you
0: hit whining for us
1: whining so whining is there's a lot to be said about whining um really i think our perspective about whining is important and it's knowing it's them really trying to express usually a need in a way yeah. that's emotional and they are that's this, that's the skill that they are using because that's the skill in their tool belt yeah. at that time. So yeah. if we're triggered first, regulate yourself, take a deep breath, regulate yourself. Um, there's a couple different tools you can use for whining. Um, it, you don't always have to, if it's something that's really triggering you and you want them to kind of, you want to help them to communicate in a way that's more helpful for them and more effective for them. Yeah. One tool that I like to uh use is make your voice match mine,
0: Ooh, right? And so that yeah. they
1: can model. And again, we have to be the one to yeah uh, to model that. But, make um, your
0: voice match mine. Yeah. No, that's not what you mean. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. So a lot of times that requires us to self-regulate first. Right. Yeah. Um, and model for it, and then uh, you know they'll and then have them kind of you know practice that and yeah, that's and, really and good. so that's one thing that you can do. Make your voice match mine, Um, regulate yourself, and also see it as they're just trying to communicate with the skills that they have. Um, And so I think a little bit about our perspective of whining can help us stay a little bit more regulated in the whines um, and knowing that that's just your trigger. And it's important for us to be aware of our triggers so that we can regulate our emotions and respond as opposed to react.
0: Yeah, it's so obvious through your important work, Mr. Chaz, that this isn't just these aren't just little people issues. These are people issues. And I, I, you know, our own emotional health greatly affects our little people's emotional health. Um, As we part, if there's anything that you like really wanted us to know, like any great lessons you've learned along the way or that you want us to take along with us as we leave this awesome session of information, what would it be if you could metaphorically take us by the shoulders?
1: Yes, this is going to be the most important thing I'm going to say throughout this whole conversation. Perfection doesn't exist. Avoid being a perfectionist Be an improvementist. The goal isn't to be perfect every day. The goal is to improve a little every day, and so that's the most important thing in all of this. You know, I I talked a lot about breathing and different skills you can use, assertiveness, and you're not going to be perfect at teaching it. You might feel like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I got it. I'm going to use this. I'm going to apply it. And it may not go perfectly the first time that you do it. And you may have to, you know, learn some, you know, learn some skills or it may go really well one day and not so well another day. And in this moment, it may be helpful. Another moment, maybe another skill is required or there's more learning that we need to do or, you know, it, it's just know that perfection doesn't exist. It's not a thing. It doesn't exist. So. And, and and perfection, trying to focus so much on perfection, will stop our growth, because we'll shame ourselves, we'll yeah. get, we'll beat ourselves up, and we'll take our oops as, as oops as opportunities to shame ourselves instead instead of op, our opportunity to problem solve.
0: Yeah,
1: oops stands for our opportunity to problem solve. Avoid being a perfectionist. Be an improvementist.
0: Thank you so much. You are an absolute national treasure, treasure, Mr. Chaz. I'm so grateful that I know you, that I found you, that I can dive into your work. Can you tell all the listeners where to dive in as well?
1: Yes. You can find me on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram as Mr. Chaz. Um, you can also, also have a YouTube channel for kids, Mister, oh, uh, yeah. and if you search Mister Chaz, you will probably be able to find it. That's where all my songs and stuff that's more directed to ki- to kids is. And I also have a podcast, Mister Chaz's Leadership, Parenting, and Teaching Podcast, where I help you, um, where I introduce you to people that can help you on your parenting, leadership, or teaching journey. Um, and so definitely check that out. And that's where Thank you can find so me. So much,
0: you are brilliant and kind and compassionate and empathetic and you are changing generations and I couldn't be more grateful. Thank you so much. This was an awesome conversation.
1: Thanks for having me. Bye everyone.
0: Sinners, saints, sisters, do you need a speaker for your event? Do you need someone to lead your retreat? It would be all my joy to serve and spread God's love to you and the people you gather with compassionate leadership, Bible based teaching, authentic life stories, and a lot of laughter at heart. You can reach me at center saint sister at gmail.com. Hello, Beefinator. Hi, Beefy Beef Beef. So, Chaz Lewis is a new find to me. I found him so good, completely delightful. Mm-hmm. He is the, um so special you and I talked a little earlier about consistency being important to you in a person. He Mm -hmm. is so consistent in Mm -hmm. his, in his message and in his approach. Like I was listening to a conversation with him and someone was kind of trying to, uh, I don't know, kind of get, lure him to a side of indignation. And he was, he was so consistent that like, we're all learning you know wow. and it i was so appreciative because when i think of these parenting moments where i have completely lost it which i think we should share examples of in a mm-hmm, second mm-hmm. um it's like i i wish that you he were here like i'd love to take you through these mr chaz yes. and like help me find a better way what is a parenting moment where you feel like you have lost it and maybe that has left a mark
2: <laughs> okay so easily it was the terrible, no good, very bad play date of 2012. Um, so I had one kid at the time and I had a play date, like an organized play date where I invited the mother and the child over for the play and the chat and this beautiful time. There was probably like special snacks made and like my house was perfect and that whole thing. One of those. Um, yeah. yeah. And so We they come in and for some reason, like we were in the room where the little boys were playing and I'm like, so how did you meet your husband? You know, like just getting to know this new adult and my son starts to lose his mind because the other Two and a half or three-year-old is playing with more than one toy at a time. My son's wanting to take one thing out, play with it independently, and put it back. And then, so this kid's getting out a bunch of other stuff. Miles is feeling like it's out of control or messy or whatever. He is screaming at the kid, telling the kid that he wants him to leave, telling me that he wants the kids to leave. And I'm like, ha! Ah, so, um, what are you guys doing? You know, this weekend? Like, I'm trying to like keep the conversation going. I take Miles out of the room because I'm sweating and I take him to my bedroom and I open all the drawers because he's like having a problem with like the chaos of it or something. I think, I don't know. I still don't know, Mr. Tess, what was wrong. Um, And so I start opening the drawers of my like dresser and throwing clothes everywhere. I'm trying to show him that like, here's mess. This is fine. I probably like, I, made it a thousand times worse right now i've just created more chaos somewhere else but i thought i was mm-hmm. trying to say like here's a mess we're fine we're good We're this looks crazy because of course who throws all their clothes around their whole room um and so i'm trying to i'm thinking that this is going to be helpful to show him that i'm calm there's mess everywhere and i'm going to clean this up later anyway we go back to the play date he cannot recover he cannot it is a nightmare she like leaves i'm whatever i called you afterwards sobbing my child is broken i don't know how to fix him he lacks empathy and compassion he will never have a friend and i'm a terrible parent right i'm sweating as i recall <laughs> right. <laughs> it right i know so bad.
0: one of the things that mr chaz talks about is when we parent for an audience yes how yes. much of our like you know far- parenting faux pas have happened because we feel like other people are watching and judging like, us
2: i would say 98% of mine yeah <laughs> for sure see yeah. I, and i don't i
0: remember you and i have talked about this because you were like you're so lucky that your kids oh. only <laughs> misbehave at home so mm-hmm. i i didn't i don't have much experience with that mine mm-hmm. is always that i have become overstimulated like things got too loud or Mm -hmm. things got, Mm -hmm. you know, it's that I have become overstimulated and my lose it happens in those moments. And it looks like rage, you know? So like things that I have, that I haven't had time to think through because I'm so reactive, right? you know? And so what I love about Mr. Chaz, if we were to present him with, you know, here are these moments that I feel remorseful about Mm -hmm. is that Mm -hmm. he would in a way, reparent us, you know, like he would take us to our own training and heal something in our own selves so that we could come at this situation a little Mm -hmm. more healed, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that is for you. If you were calm while you were doing it, like there's something about that that feels kind of fine for Mm -hmm. me. If you were like losing control and like sweating and yelling, I mean, that's probably, you know, I was sweating and yelling
2: on the inside and just devastated and felt like such, like, I literally was like, he's broken and, and he's a bad person. And this is like, it was just, it was just like that. I I don't know. I still need Mr. Chaz to tell me what I should have done. And well, I mean, I'm sure I was supposed to like, you know, my child was struggling with something and I was supposed to talk to him about it maybe, or like, he's just a jerk. And I needed to like, you know, give him a more serious consequence. I don't know. I don't know. Right. It just was, yeah. a, was a very, yeah. very terrible play date. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't have any advice because I <laughs> feel like I am brand new learning about all these new approaches. And I loved hearing all of his thoughts mm-hmm. on, you know, the things that we've been doing for a long time and have kind of found some new science around. So Absolutely. I'm a, a forever fan. Everybody go hit follow over there. Mr. Chaz. He is so delightful.
2: Yes. Can't wait to hear more from him for sure. Yeah. See you, beef. Love you. Bye.
0: Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you for being here. A very special thank you to all guests and sponsors. A really special thank you to Taylor Schroll for mixing and editing. For more content, you can head over to Instagram at Allison M. Sully and TikTok at Sullivan Family TikTok. You can also check out Forte Catholic and subscribe there, where you have a 25% chance of hearing me co host. I am so grateful for all of the love and support that we offer each other here.
1: Today's show was a production of Allison Sullivan in conjunction with the Forte Catholic Podcast Network. For more great Catholic podcasts, head on over to fortecatholic.com slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.